AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JT Valentine. Our guest today is Robert Dwyer. Robert is the Chief Data Scientist at Certalytics. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. It's our pleasure. So, Rob, let's start with yourself. Can you give us a, a background on you, where you got started in tech, what your journey has been, some of the roles you've held along the way, and take us up to today where you find yourself as the chief data scientist for Certalytics. So I think I had maybe a a little bit more of an unlikely entry into data science than many, but I think in some ways it's a nice uh, object lesson around being curious and putting yourself out there. So I began as an undergraduate studying biology, graduated in 2009. Uh, I went then to get my PhD in molecular biology at Princeton. And at the time that I started that program, I really knew nothing about programming. I'd I'd maybe done a little bit uh, of work in MATLAB, taken a little bit of undergraduate math, but I didn't know much about machine learning either. And the lab I joined there, uh, we did what's called bench work or wet work. So this is all experimental working with chemical reagents and, and organisms and using classical genetic techniques, nothing computational nothing mathematical. And it was great work. I really loved it. It's very intellectually interesting and challenging. I still follow the papers that the lab puts out. But about halfway through my PhD program, there was this confluence of events that got me into machine learning. So I had picked up a little bit of Python on the way at the urging just of some friends of mine in the CS department that I happened to play intramural soccer with. So I started to, to get into programming a little bit that way. There'd been several publications that uh, were recent at the time, very tangential to the work we did in lab, but they showed how one could use computational methods to maybe infer interesting mutations. At least that's the hope that we had for how we could use it. And then there was a cross-listed physics professor that I'd gotten to know in the department who was interested particularly in those findings as well. So I proposed this project that would try to bring those computational methods to bear on the work that we did in our genetics lab to predict interesting mutations algorithmically. And really, my professors indulged me in this. It was far afield from the work of my major professor. I really didn't have the background besides some side work on programming to guarantee any success. But the department was really great, very collegial. Everyone agreed uh, to let me give it a shot along with my thesis committee. And so long story short, the project was successful. We were able to reproduce those computational methods, extend them, and use them to predict some interesting mutations. And then we even did the follow-up experimental work to show that they really did have the expected uh, impact in the real world told a really nice story. We were we published it and it became central to my thesis. It was over the course of this work that I really learned to program and, and I was introduced to the basics of machine learning and computational techniques. So by the time I graduated, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in data and in data science. I knew that I had the skills, but I definitely didn't have the background, the resume on paper. And it was actually 
the difference maker for me was that I had collaborated with several friends who, in other careers in my spare time in the last couple of years of my PhD program on projects that were just totally outside of the work I did. So for example, I did some web scraping, a database building and analytics of DOD data for a friend of mine who was a reporter. And then in another case, I did some financial modeling with a friend who was in finance on a project, a little bit of quant type stuff. And it was really just out of interest to hone my skills and try out uh, new things that I'd embarked on those projects really without object. But it was through those projects and the relationships and the networks that I was introduced to doing those projects that I actually met the founders of Certalytics. So this was late 2014. I was fresh out of grad school, but they hired me as an entry-level data scientist, and the rest is really history. So when I began, we were a 20-person company. Now it's 120 people. Uh, I was one of two data scientists initially. Now we have a team of, of 10, and, and I have the pleasure of leading it. So I, I think it's a, there's a little bit of a moral to the story here, which is to be curious and, and to work on projects that interest you, even if they don't have some direct object or, or lead clearly maybe to, to the next step you want to take. And I'm an introvert, so I'm always being told how important networking is, and that can be frustrating. But I think my experience has shown that it doesn't have to be going out and playing golf and glad handing folks to network. You can really just put yourself out there, work on projects, collaborate with people, and opportunities end up arising completely agree and I appreciate you sharing that because I think there's a lot to take even from your journey and before we jump into anything else talking about exploring interests and how that can lead to some great things which you're a, a prime example so from a 10,000 foot view can you explain who who Certalytics are as a business what you guys are, are trying to do the mission of the organization and then give us some insight into you mentioned from when you joined to, as a 20-person organization to now 120 people, what it's like to be behind the scenes involved in the data team. So Certalytics is a, a healthcare analytics company. We were founded in 2014. And our goal is really to bring machine learning expertise, marry it with data technology expertise, clinical and actuarial expertise in order to improve the overall well-being of populations through population health management. So our main offering is a vertically integrated healthcare analytics platform. And this includes everything from data warehousing capability to integrated reporting and interactive dashboards. And then in between those sort of input and output layers, we've got just layers upon layers of analytics. So we have our own episode grouper, provider profiling tool, a suite of predictive machine learning models to predict future negative health outcomes at the patient level, clinical quality measures, other data enrichments, really you name it. And all these analytics are united around this core concept of opportunity. So opportunity to us is modifiable risk. There are lots of products out there that are predicting different risks, but we really want to go beyond risk and, and not just ask who is at risk, but why are they at risk and what can we do to mitigate that risk, the how of the risk question. So our main customers are national health plans and large regional health plans, large self-funded employers and employer groups, provider health systems, uh, and government entities. And the challenges of each of these organizations are unique, but what they all have in common is more data than they can usually handle, 
and a real hunger for data-driven insights to improve the well-being of their populations and ultimately to reduce cost. So I'll walk through a couple of the you know, pain points that we often encounter with these organizations to start illustrating what our products do. So large employers often suffer from disparate data. So a typical large employer might have 30, 50 or more vendors of healthcare products. So this is everything from a traditional health plan ASO relationship to a startup offering a mobile app to track diabetics. So integrating these data sources, matching patients, tracking patients over time, creating quality measures off that data, all of those are very difficult for uh, any company whose core business isn't healthcare analytics. Health plans often suffer from fragmentation. So they may have multiple claim systems, multiple databases, and they'll often have many different analytic teams. They might have analytics embedded with their clinical outreach teams, analytics embedded with their actuarial teams. And each of these teams, each of these databases has its own protocols, processes, analytics, definitions. So for example, something as simple as identifying uh, a member with a history of diabetes might be done six different ways across the organization. And so that creates a real data governance problem. And then finally, with provider health systems, they suffer from a mix of the same data issues. There's also a lot of pressure on providers to shift toward managing total cost of care. And there's also this really exciting trove of rich data in electronic health records that I think is really underutilized because it's often behind these proprietary electronic health record systems. And so what Certalytics gives all of these constituents is a central data warehouse. We give a standardized view of data across data sources, benefits, vendors, and then we marry that with leading edge analytics that are really focused on this notion of opportunity. So I'll give you a few examples of, of how our analytics have been used by clients and, and how they've gone beyond dashboards and reports to actually implement uh, changes that have improved the health of their populations based on these analytics. Yeah, so, yeah, we work with one national health plan, worked with them to create a wholly new whole health population health management program based around this notion of opportunity. And it's been implemented now for uh, over three years, and we've been able to do a number of retrospective studies on how our member risk profiles have enabled prospective outreach. And we found that this program and our analytics led to $200 per patient per year in savings. So a really significant amount of savings, all coming from pre preventative care, prospective modeling, and outreach. We also have a, a large employer client who built a narrow provider network for high-risk patients based on our risk profiles. And another large employer who opened actually employee clinics in select geographic areas to better reach uh, their high-risk populations and better serve them. And then we're working today with a, a provider health system to implement a risk score that's based on social determinants of health as a way to augment their existing outreach programs and try to improve equity and care as well. So all of these examples I think are, are great because as I said, they go beyond this question of who is at risk and really start to answer why are they at risk and, and how can we mitigate that risk? And the last thing I'll say about Certalytics and about the product is the platform is that we offer it as a service. So clients can really just send us raw data. We take care of matching, cleansing, 
validating that data, overlaying all the analytics and sending back the insights, curated insights that the clients want. So from the client perspective, it's really just a data dump and, and we do the rest. Amazing. And thank you for sharing the, the examples of the impact to your customers, because that helps sort of visualize and impact businesses, the various use cases and users that gives them some insight. I, I want to now focus on the data science team and, and twofold. One, your journey from being data scientist, number one, to now chief data scientist, what you learned along the way when you look back, some of the milestones, some of the learning on the job and how you've gone about growing with the team. Then I'd, I'd love to get your take on the, the hiring side and how you've gone about building and scaling a data team while learning on the job yourself. I think the experience of going from one or two data scientists to, to 10 with some, some adjunct resources has certainly had its challenges. It's always exciting to grow, but we work in a remote setting, so that also adds its own challenges around making sure that you're onboarding people and that new resources have access to all the resources they need to succeed and get up to speed. I think the biggest change that I've noticed personally in going from first data scientist to, to leader of a, a larger data science team is really around the changing nature of my own job. So when I started, I was in the trenches building data sets, building models, developing you know processes to put those models into production. And now most of what I do is manage and present our work and work with the sales teams and the client teams to make sure that we are presenting and working on the things that are going to be most useful for our clients. So that's been very much a personal journey for me. Uh, I still like to be pretty hands-on with the data science piece of it, the science piece of it, because that's my background and I just find it so interesting. And I like to think I've, you know, carved out a nice uh, niche there where I can do a little bit of both. And I think from the team's perspective, the biggest change over the course of, of that time is that early on when you're just one or two people, you're a jack of all trades. You're developing infrastructure for machine learning. You're training models, you're building data, you're troubleshooting operational data problems, you're performing research to bring new techniques into the team. And now what we have is really, I would say, four areas or buckets that we divide responsibilities into. And everyone still needs to be a little bit of a jack of all trades because you're talking about four groups with 10 or so people. But I think that the distinctions start to become really important as we look at it continuing to grow and building out these responsibilities. So for us, first and foremost, when people think of data science, it's model engineering. And, and for us, this really means creating what we call operational models. So these are models that can be deployed, scored, monitored, run at scale in real business processes. So we're not talking about models that are just built for research that are living on a laptop. These have to be scoring real time or scoring in batch on distributed clusters, and they can't be stopping our operational data flow because they're falling over. So a lot of work goes into not just building accurate models, fair models, but models that are operational that can be deployed to production effectively. We also have a model ops function. So they facilitate uh, day in, day out model scoring. They troubleshoot any operational problems that we have. And they also importantly manage the deployment to production. So this becomes an important separation of concerns issue for us. So we have one team that's training models, 
presenting their results, showing that they're valid, and then another team that holds the keys to deploying those models. And I think starting to bake in those sorts of software development best practices and other best practices is really something that is in some ways a luxury to a startup. And so having a bigger team, having more clients lets you really invest in those processes that are so important to delivering good models and good results. The third function we have, we actually have our own development team because building useful models, being able to deploy them to production really means having a strong technology infrastructure. And so we've actually built out our own machine learning platform internally that we use to facilitate the training, deployment, production scoring, and ongoing monitoring uh, of models, really trying to bake those software best practices and processes into to the very environment that, that we work in. And then the last function is a labs team. This is our R&D team, kind of a, a research skunk works. And they're reading the latest academic literature, following the, the best AI blogs, and trying to bring those new techniques to bear on the problems that we work at in healthcare. So one example of, of the cool work that they're doing now, they're using deep learning and natural language processing to really look at medical histories as a collection of documents with their own language, grammar, vocabulary. And we've actually found that we can meet or, or even exceed the performance of models that are based on data sets and data representations that are handcrafted, hand curated by clinical experts. So this is a really exciting area of research for us, and it's the basis of, of our entire current model suite. So to me, having a bigger team means being able to really invest in diversifying those responsibilities, letting people focus uh, on specific areas and really excel there. Of course, balancing that with giving people the, the freedom and, and the intellectual uh, ability to pursue what interests them and, and keep them engaged as well. So Robert, looking back over what is now almost seven years that you've been with Certalytics, I'm sure there's many ups and downs and, and lots of milestones, but as you review the, the journey thus far, what are the, the things that, that stand out to you as being the work that you're proudest of? And then second to that, looking ahead, as you look at the what's in store for Certalytics and the industry going forward, what are you most excited about? Absolutely. So I think what some of the milestones that, that jump out to me are, first and foremost, it's hiring talented people, seeing them grow, seeing how the, the solutions and the products that we offer are really the result of a collaboration of, of just talented people. They're never things that I feel like I could have built myself, and I'm just outsourcing that work. It's always uh, a very collaborative, integrated process for problem solving. And you really see folks grow a lot. We like to often hire people who are relatively new in the field and let them really soak up our ethos and, and our way of doing things. And so seeing them grow is great. We've had people move on to really exciting positions outside the company, and that always hurts a little bit. We are a small team, so there's a lot of interpersonal relationships there. But we're obviously always really excited for people to grow in that way. And as we, we get bigger, we have more and more opportunity to do the same and hire people who have a lot of really exciting backgrounds to bring onto the team and into that collaborative problem-solving space. So I think the people are obviously a, a really big 
uh, piece of the job. And I think a lot of the milestones I think of are, are maybe personal milestones and with those employees. One thing that we've done is to build out three major versions of our model suite since I have been here. And we started out, we were coding models in R on a single machine. Now we're doing distributed GPU training with all the latest and greatest packages and seeing the growth of the technology and of our capabilities over that time has been really exciting. And with each version of the model suite, you know, our models get, again, not just more accurate, but we're able to invest more and more in the process and ensuring that we understand everything about those models, exactly how they're making their predictions and what that means for downstream applications. And then I think the most exciting thing for us was when we, we initiated this series of retrospective studies with some of our earliest clients to show what is this real world impact of our analytics and our tools over time? And we were able to show again that, that they made a significant quantifiable difference in cost of care, quality of care. And so that's really exciting. I think data scientists, especially when they're coming up and they're being trained, the sort of the, the closest they get to thinking about real world impact is this notion of training, validation, and test data and making sure that models generalize. And that's very important, but it's also still a very theoretical concept and very far from how do these models not just perform in the real world, but what is their impact? What, what changes are people able to make based on those analytics to their business? And that's where data science technology really meets product. And I think seeing the, the results of that has been really exciting. Robert, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Fascinating journey, your own personal journey. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And then obviously talking about Certalytics and giving us the insight into the, the business impact that has happened for the industry, how you've gone about growing the team, and then what's in store. So obviously very exciting. So thank you again for your time. Thanks for having me. AI Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldus.com. Get the Aldus Advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. Dot com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.